You're listening to The Pastor's Cut, a podcast from Park Community Church in Chicago. Every time a pastor prepares a sermon, there's material that influences, shapes, and informs, but gets cut from the final preach. That's why we started The Pastor's Cut, to give you a chance to go behind the scenes and access the content that informs the teaching at Park each week. If you're wanting to grow in your understanding of and fascination with the Bible, you've come to the right place. This is The Pastor's Cut. And we're your hosts, Sharon Brandis and Trevor Lovell. Good to be with you all today. We have a treat uh, today. We've got Nate Payne with us, one of the pastors here at Park. Yeah. Hey, Nate. Hi. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm good. It's Monday morning. It is. I love a Monday morning in (laughs) Chicago. Yes. At least it's not rainy today, but I've got my cup of coffee here to get us through this morning, too. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Trevor and I both have the privilege of knowing Nate, but for those of the people listening today that don't have the privilege of knowing you and your smiley face. Every time I see Nate, he's smiling, and it's contagious, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So, for those of us that are listening that don't know you, who is Nate, and how did you get to park? Wow, that's a great question, and a, it's been a journey. I mean, Shannon, <laughs> Trevor, uh, you, mm-hmm. you guys know it's been a journey. So I've been a resident of Chicago for 20 years. I was a transplant mm-hmm. from the East Coast. Uh, God brought me here uh, to serve as a registered nurse. I worked as a nurse mm-hmm. for about 14 years, and in that time, uh, met the woman who is now my wife, Gabrielle. We've been married for almost 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, got involved with a local church here in the city, and just had our hands deep in ministry, not mm-hmm. on staff, but just doing ministry, following Jesus. And yeah. uh, in the course of time, uh, felt the Lord leading me to pursue ministry vocationally. And mm-hmm. so went to seminary. And in that time, we've had a few kids come along. Uh, we have <laughs> just seven a kids. <laughs> just a few. Just a few. Uh, so one kid for every day of the week. Uh, my <laughs> oldest is almost 14 and my youngest is one. So we have a mm-hmm. spread from 14 to 12, 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have twins who are six, a four-year-old, and a one-year-old. So nice. um, they're a delight, a joy. I love being a dad. love being a husband. I uh, mm-hmm. love just being able to do life and ministry here in the city uh, as we live here and uh, mm-hmm. serve here. Um, but uh, um, their names are Gabriel, Andrew, Ella, mm-hmm. Juliana, Zachary, mm-hmm. Sophia, and Malachi. I was so about just, to ask you how quickly can you say all seven names. Oh, but. I, I can say them very quickly. <laughs> and the funny thing is three of them are born on the exact same day, so yeah. it makes it easy to remember their birthdays. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah I, we, this is uh, coming to Park. Uh, that journey was, uh, I finished seminary this about seven years ago, was pursuing where God would have us serve. And I'd heard of Park, but never in my life, I, I'll be really honest with you, never in my life thought I would land at a place like Park. Um, and here I am. Uh, God brought mm-hmm. me here as a family pastor. And over the years, I've had the privilege to step in a few other roles. And just recently, a couple months ago, stepped in to become the location pastor here at Near North. I also serve as a churchwide elder at Park. So, Nate, you preached this past weekend at Near North and Lincoln Park, had the privilege of hearing you preach. And uh, so, could you tell us just a little bit of, of kind of what was the sermon? Yeah, uh, we preached through the Exodus chapter 32, and 
the big idea was essentially God's faithfulness to us is not dependent on our faithfulness to him. And you mm-hmm. have this story unfold where the people of Israel, they've been delivered, they rescued, they're at the side of the mountain, mm-hmm. the fire and presence of God is on the mountain and he's initiating a covenant relationship with them. And then Moses goes up on the mountain and you have this story unfold where essentially in, in days after Moses is gone, they press you know, Aaron to build them an idol and they mm-hmm. quickly betray the covenant they entered into with God. And it's really a story that unfolds and demonstrates God's faithfulness to us, even though we're so quick to mm-hmm. follow after other things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had a really great opening illustration of what it would look like in like a present day situation of if you got married and then three days later uh, you sent out a wedding invitation for a wedding to another woman and just that betrayal and almost, yeah, like smacking someone in the face with this blatant uh, betrayal and disrespect and um, Mm -hmm. what that looks like. So it was a, yeah, great sermon on God's faithfulness and praise God. It's not dependent on our faithfulness to him. Amen. That is, that is for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tidbits that didn't make it into the final preach that got cut? Yeah. I just want to say one of the things about when you're studying God's word is there's so much rich detail in there that, that, that frankly, I've been a student of the Bible pretty much my whole life, grew up reading the Bible, but these are things that even as I've studied, just I'm, man, wow, they're mm-hmm. jumping off the page. One of the things yeah. out of this mm-hmm. passage that stuck out to me is the role of Aaron. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron is Moses' brother. He is the essentially like the right-hand man to Moses. And he was yeah. there when God performed the miracles, the plagues, the Red Sea parting. Aaron was there. Aaron had his own staff, if you will. And mm-hmm. you see Aaron cave into the pressure of the people to build them an idol. And this is mm-hmm. in sight of the mountain that's on fire. And it's really a, a, a stark reminder for those of us in positions of spiritual leadership authority, whether we're leading a small group or mm-hmm. leading in the church in any capacity, that we need, to, we need to be very careful how quickly we can be pressured mm-hmm. to turn aside from our covenant to God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for us as leaders? And I'm, I don't just mean us as staff leaders, but like you said, small group leaders or anyone that's a Christian, any, any person at all is a leader. You're leading someone. And so what does that look like practically to, to make sure that we're not surrendering to other idols? Yeah, I think one of the things about noticing about Aaron is that it's very clear that he's giving in to the pressure of the people around him. That, that he is not internally driven by his allegiance to God. He's, he's driven by essentially what others are thinking of him and pressuring him to do. And so it's a reminder for us that our first and foremost as followers of Jesus, that we have to be linked and locked into his will, his way, his mm-hmm. purposes, no matter what pressures are, are pressing upon us. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is also, too, that we need to recognize that, that human impulse in mm-hmm. all of us uh, as 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 most of us aren't going to be tempted to actually create a golden calf itself, <laughs> uh, but we all have an innate, I believe, desire and yeah. impulse to create a God that's in, that fits our image, yeah, that, sure. that is under our control, that, mm-hmm. that would sort of propagate that which we would desire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes like the experience of, you know, living, living life as a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you can even go through times where, where God does feel a little distant at times, you know, like in this experience, they seen God do all these incredible things. And, uh, and then Moses goes up on the mountain and there's kind of this period of time that, you know, we're, where it's not as evident what God is doing in the midst of them. Moses' leadership is kind of absent. And, and I think we go through seasons where we can look back and see incredible things that God has done in our past, um, ways that he's worked and brought us even to where we are in this moment and in this season. Um, but sometimes, you know, you just get into a hard season and it feels like, God, where are you? Like, it's clear that you brought me here, but where are you now? And uh, yeah, but I think this passage is a reminder that just because he feels like he's not there doesn't mean that he's not actually, he's still with you. He's mm-hmm. still there. Yeah, that's something to note even as you look mm-hmm. at this story. This is mm-hmm. all taking place where they're in sight of the presence of God on the mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and something that uh, when in the stories are counted in Psalm 106, a phrase that's, that's really uh, pertinent for all of us is it says that, it says that they, they forgot the God mm. who was their savior. And yeah. I think in that moment, uh, Trevor, I think that, that what's happening, it's not just that they feel God is distant, it's also that they are not remembering mm-hmm. all of his faithfulness leading up to that point. And so in those yeah. moments, it's a, it's, a, it's a reminder for all of us in those moments, especially mm-hmm. when God feels so distant, that yeah. we need to be able to look back and, and look at the track record yeah. and, and look at how he has showed up, mm-hmm. uh, because that's going to actually help us when we look mm-hmm. back to actually see what's real presently and certainly yeah. give us hope for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. And in reading that that portion of chapter 32, there's a piece of us as leaders and even witnesses um, that we have this sense of like expectation from other people and from ultimately God. Um, but in the beginning of 32, um, it says the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, up, make us gods who shall go before this, before us. As this is for Moses, the man who brought us up out of Egypt. Um, we did, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, and at that point when it says, so Aaron said to them, in my mind, I'm thinking that Aaron's going to say like, no, I won't do this because God's right before us. Moses is up there with him. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid that he's been gone for a long time, but he doesn't. He says, uh, take off the rings of gold that's in the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like you're saying, he's surrendering to these people or um, being caved in uh, by these people. And so mm. what ultimately does that look like for us if, if, we're, um, if we're caving into things of this world, of our flesh and uh, not witnessing to other people of the lives that you know God's redeemed in us, and so yeah. I mean, no, if you notice in that de- the detail that the, this passage with what how Aaron responds, so he he goes ahead and, and gives in to what they're pressuring him to do to make an mm-hmm. idol. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you look at verse five, I mean, Aaron builds an altar in front of it, and then he actually says, "We're going to have a feast." And notice a feast to the Lord. So Aaron has not wholeheartedly abandoned mm-hmm. God who's revealed himself. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. just added something in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably a, a greater temptation for us 
most of us aren't yeah. going to be tempted to fully and, th- and, and completely abandon yeah. uh, God as he's revealed himself to Jesus. What we yeah. tend to do is we tend to add in other things to subvert mm. his authority, subvert his character, subvert who he is, and end up actually worshiping those things themselves mm-hmm. rather than, wow. than him. Yeah, that's good. You mentioned that yesterday in your sermon, too, of like a couple that's uh, thinking about getting married or just dating and that they say they pray and they seek God out in whether or not they should have sex before marriage. And they think they get this pass from God because they prayed about it. But God's word is ultimately saying not to. And so they, yeah, they create this golden calf of premarital sex, but then uphold the rest of the standards of what Christianity looks like. So. I mean, this happens so many ways in how we could approach uh, our, our own uh, personal morality ethos, even mm-hmm. even how we approach engaging with the hard places and hard people of the world and the city in which we live mm-hmm. or the context where God has placed us, where it's so easy to say, you know what, I just don't have a, a sense that the Lord is leading me to, to, to reach out and to, to serve that person, fill in the blank of whoever that person could be. Mm-hmm. Usually it's someone that's from a particular type of class or a group of people that we do not want to have anything to do with. Mm-hmm. And so we, we can, we actually use uh, God himself, if you will, mm-hmm. the language of God himself to, to, mm-hmm. to subvert what he's called us to do and mm-hmm. subvert his own authority, which is, it's really a way of us building a golden calf. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Um, so what else got cut? Yeah. One of the things that, in the detail of this passage that stuck out to me, leapt out to me, was actually at the end of the passage. Uh, and that's in verse 34, where essentially God has uh, responded faithfully to them. Uh, Moses has pleaded on their behalf, but uh, God says, look, I'm not going to destroy you, I, but I'm going to send you into the land. And in verse 34, if you note this detail, he says, I'm going to send you, but I will send my angel mm. before you. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting about that is up to this point, it's all been about in chapters 25 to 31, how God has been saying, I'm going to actually come and dwell with you, be the very center. My presence will be with you. And now there's something that has changed. Up to Mm -hmm. this point, God has led his people Mm -hmm. by his presence. And now he's saying, no, I'm not not actually going to go with you. Hmm. And I think that, that right there is actually a hinge point for this story and, and the, mm-hmm. the, the chapters ahead, uh, we'll, we'll explore that more. But, but the fact that they are now going to go forward without the presence of God is, is something mm-hmm. that, that's leapt out of the page to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like everything God has been working for throughout the entirety of the book, right? To rescue them and to bring them to himself and to dwell amongst them. Like he's done all of this for them. It's not like they deserve it. It's not like they've done anything special that God would want to be in this kind of a relationship with them. Uh, and yet he, he's done all these things for them. And yeah, then in this moment, it's almost like it's all, it's all ruined. Like it's all been destroyed and, and come to a loss. Um, yeah, even the tabernacle, right? Like you mentioned 25 through 31, the instructions, it's like really ornate and, and like decorated tabernacle structure, all these pieces to it. It was going to be how God was going to dwell among them, literally like his house among them. And uh, now all of a sudden, none of that stuff even matters anymore. None of those instructions, none of those details, because it's not going to be built, because God's not going to dwell amongst them, because they messed up. 
at least that's the way it seems it's going to go. But yeah, that I mean, leaving off on this passage on that note, it would mm-hmm. seem like, man, where's the hope in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's the the great news of the gospel is that the gospel mm-hmm. the gospel is so richly entwined into this whole storyline of the Exodus, where yeah. an unfaithful people are pursued by God who is faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. makes himself Amen. known and gives his presence. And so uh, mm-hmm. looking forward to the next week's uh, message where we hear some mm-hmm. resolution to the tension that's left. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we really appreciate you being here and giving us just a great word on Exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great having you, Nate. Hey, man, it's been great to be here. Sharon's been good to hang out with you guys mm-hmm. uh, and so grateful for all the guys doing here at Park and how he's at work in our city and throughout the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Nate. Tune in next week for the last episode of our Exodus version of The Pastor's Cut. We will have Anthony Pieri, the Sunday night Near North pastor, joining us. And we still want to know what you think about this so we can continue on in our next series if you're learning all this great information about the Bible. So leave us a review, rate us five stars, or even shoot us an email. We'll see you guys next week.